What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we jump into today's episode, I'd love for you to check out my band, Run With It. You can follow us at Run With It Band. That's at Run With It Band. Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, TikTok, all the places that you follow people at. And I'd love for you to check out our EP. It's called How to Start a Fire. It's on all the streaming platforms. And you can also go check it out at runwithitband.net. Go and hit that, runwithitband.net. Make sure you follow us on those platforms as well because we got new music coming in the fall and already writing for 2023 and very excited about what's going to be coming out. On today's episode, we have Chris Angelus. Chris Angelus has toured with her folk Americana music in Europe and in all 50 states in just six months. She has won several songwriting competitions, and her albums have reached number one on the singer-songwriter charts, as well as landing on Billboard and radio charts. She's putting out a new album, Damn Shame Waste, on September 9th, which you could start pre-ordering back in June 17th. is about a week ago, so make sure you guys go check that out. In today's episode, we dive into a multitude of subjects often centered around the life of the performer and the steps one has to take to live a full, healthy life in the industry. We also talk about how to draw boundaries with fans and the unique experience of being a female and a public figure. The power of mentoring and speaking boldly to others for the purpose of building them up is also a central piece of this convo. And for those songwriters out there, we dive into the process of crafting a song. And also make sure you stay tuned after the podcast and listen to two of her tracks. Uh, The first one is The Siren Hope off of her album that debuted number one on singer-songwriter charts. And uh, the song, again, is That Siren Hope. It's off the album called Skies We Look To. And then also you'll get to hear her latest single. It's called Run. And it's off of her album you can pre-order called Damn Shame Waste. So make sure uh, you check that out at the end and enjoy the episode. Also, a real quick note is I had some issues with my microphone with a lot of extra noise. I tried to clean it up the best I could. uh, So I apologize for that. I just hope that you don't let that get in the way of her awesome story. The Live and Create Podcast. place I just want to start is just about songwriting like I'm I'm personally passionate about songwriting is what I do uh, myself and we're the band is in a season of preparing for we're we're preparing songs for 2023 and just Mm -hmm. diving deep into it and that was one of the biggest things I was struck by listening to your music was like how powerful of a songwriter you are and I was curious of like just wanting to dive into your processes your influences and uh, but like starting from the fact like you You've been touring, doing all over, like going all over the place. Um, what, what really started you on the journey of writing songs? Um, well, I honestly, <laughs> I started writing. I wrote a song with my sister. I have an identical twin sister, and we wrote a song together when we were like three. Nice. And um, <laughs> and we've just sort of been, you know, making up songs with each other for ever since we were growing up our our grandparents would watch Lawrence Welk and so we got into like oh we could like make up little songs and do dances for our family too <laughs> like, um <laughs> my sister's an actress and and I was also an actress and and we've just been doing that you know subjecting our our family to this since we were born um like we're gonna perform for you and so doing that but then really what sort of was the catalyst for the journey that I'm on now was, well, the first one was when I discovered Hanson. 
which sounds nice. Kind of silly. I'm but, excited because this is now the second time Hanson's been referenced on this podcast, but amazing. the other time was because of their beer. So this oh. time it's actually because of their musical influence. This is amazing. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. And so because I just liked that they were positive and um, their songs were about something. I know it sounds weird because Mbop doesn't sound like it's about anything, but if you actually listen to the, if you actually listen to the lyrics, which I'm a very lyric uh, focused person, um, you know, they're, they're deep. And, and I was really impressed that they were making their own, like playing their own instruments and stuff. It was during that time when it was like very poppy, like dancey, you know, boy band groups, which I am also In a fan of. Nothing <laughs> against them, but... Um, <laughs> it's but like, I'm, don't misunderstand. Yeah. I'm, I'm rocking some sync tunes as well. <laughs> Absolutely. <I love> but <laughs> the the idea that I really liked the organicness, the the realness, the authentic, the fact that they were writing their own songs and they were so young. And, and so I was super young when I heard them and I was like, oh, wait, you can do this because for some reason I thought like up until then thought that musicians were these like magical otherworldly people <laughs> that could, I don't know. And I was like, Oh wait, this is something you can actually do. Okay. And so sort of that got into my head. Um, I got more, I was more into performing theater and musical theater and stuff like that. But then when I, the other second one that really put me on this path was, um, Full circle, actually, Brandy Carlisle opened for Hanson. <laughs> and nice. I went to that concert and I discovered her and her band and actually had the incredible good fortune to become friends with them and learn so much from them. And and yeah, that's that's how it how it happened. That's amazing. Um so so if I understand you right, it was pretty young that like are was that like middle school, high school when you realize like, oh, this is actually a viable like way to make a living? Middle school. Wow. Yeah. How awesome. <laughs> because a lot of folks, I feel like I didn't see that till a little bit later in my life. And then I talked to some people and you know, they're like in their late twenties and they're like, Oh shit, you can actually make some money doing this. I mean, I don't That's know if pretty I cool even... though. I don't even know if I thought about the money at that point. <laughs> it right. didn't occur to me. But um but just the idea that like that I could do it because right. for whatever reason, I was just, that just seemed like this far away thing that magical people do. Maybe I'm just a magical person. So I just realized that. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, know. yeah, I'm at middle school. You stepped into your own magic. I totally. Love that. I love that. That And so as you were like coming up middle school, high school, starting that pursuit were was your family also coming around you supporting you in that? Or was it kind of a struggle of like people saying like, Hey, um, you know, slow down. You need to think a little more sensibly. What that? Oh, look like for you? um, I don't recall it ever being like a be more sensible situation at all. Um, my my family is not the performers, artistic basis people. They're all like doctors and stuff. Um, right. super smart, awesome people. But um, but they were never. I didn't feel like. I mean, my mom, like, still to this day will be like, it's not too late to be a lawyer, um, <laughs> but is super, super supportive, you know? Um, I was always felt like they were, you know, they were always there at the shows. They were, you know, willing to listen to my, hey, check out my new song, um, have always been helpful, like, you know, if I needed help, uh, you know, getting the CDs made or something, my mom would loan me some money, like, yeah. I've always, it's always been very, very supportive, even though they like don't totally get it. <laughs> They're into it. <laughs> In a sense, that's almost more beautiful 
you know, uh -huh. than just like, like, hey, they're also performers, so they support it, but they, they can see even beyond their own, I guess, biases, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I think that's really cool. Thanks. Yeah. And I think that there's like sort of middle ground. There's like the people who are going to be all like, oh, you should be a doctor or a lawyer and that's what you have to be in like whatever. Then there's sort of the middle ground of what I have where they're like, I don't really get it, but good for you. And then there's the other side of maybe the other end of people who are, they are performers, your family are musicians and actors or whatever. And they're like, no, don't do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> do something else. Or, or I guess they could be really supportive too. I don't know. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's like, I could see that though. It's like, do not follow this path. I, yeah. There's a friend of mine who, uh, he wouldn't say this now, but there was a season of his career where he felt like he was really dumb for listening to all the people who said, go for it. Cause like, he just felt like his life was miserable. Uh, but luckily he kept slugging it out and, and really figured out a pathway for himself. Yeah. So I I know he wouldn't say that now, but I think some people get in a tough place in it and they can just Yeah. Like, I mean, I always remember this and I think this is something that has really, really helped me and stuck with me is like one of my, my theater teachers in high school is one of my favorite teachers ever, Michael Jacobs. He, um, he always said that when people said, Hey, sh how, how should I be an actor or what, what should I do? What's your advice? And he would always say, don't do it. If hmm. you can think of anything else that you want to do, <laughs> do that. <laughs> yep. But if this is like what you're obsessed with and your passion and you can enjoy just the process of doing it, then okay, I'll help you. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, I toured with a bass player for a while where he, so music was his, his plan B and acting was his plan A. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he, he had some really interesting plans along the way, but he actually shared a similar story of, of coming up in the theater world where he had a, a professor sit him down and say the same thing. Like literally, if you can imagine yourself doing anything else, go for it. But yeah. then if you can't, you actually know you can stick it out. And I, I honestly think it's brilliant advice and a brilliant way to look at it because like it, it is a very tough industry. Like mm -hmm. even though there's so many opportunities, I feel like, it is, it's really tough to carve out your own space within it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a really great community. So, you know, Definitely. that, that always helps me, helps me when I'm feeling that way. Cause yeah, I do every once in a while, I'll, I'll envy people that I know who have, you know, just regular jobs where they get, you know, a paycheck <laughs> regularly. Right. And, but then, but then I'm also like, wait, wait a second though. I can travel wherever I want. I make my own schedule. I'm a, my own boss. I can, I do all kinds of adventurous things and new things all the time, which can be, can be stressful, but, but it's not boring. Definitely. Have you ever, so, well, for you, have, has it, has it always been the music track or have you, have you ever taken like a, a sidestep into quote unquote, the real world or a real job? Um, I, well, I guess it's not a real job, but like what I sort of was on that first thing that you were talking about, like I, I'm, I had the music in the back of my head, but my, my initial, you know, reason for moving to LA and everything was acting. I did a lot of, Oh, okay. So you had the acting as plan A as well. Exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. And, um, totally. <laughs> and yeah, music is my side, uh, hustle. Your to side hustle. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I about died laughing when he, he told me that because I was just like, that's so absurd, but I love it. <laughs> I know. Um, but no, it's, it's cool because I, 
my sister, like I said, is an actor. We've both been highly trained. She's more trained than me. She went to NYU. And so she sort of went along that path. I got more and more into the music path and sort of stopped focusing on acting. I'll still do it if it if someone asks me to, but um, but it's not something I'm pursuing anymore. And I think that's better for us and our dynamic because we're not competing against each other. We can just help right. each other out. But also in terms of uh, real, quote unquote, real world jobs, um, I mean, I've worked in coffee shops. I was a nanny for many years. Um, but I don't know, you know, that's still, I've never done like a corporate job. <laughs> right. So. Which those... um, I have, go ahead. go ahead. I have actually considered oh, when I was in college, all of my stuff that I did towards that, uh, towards was towards being a physical therapist, um, really? which, yeah. And I, I did like basically pre-med and, um, <clears throat> and psychology in school. And then I was going, I got into the number one PhD program for physical therapy in the country. And then I was just like, thanks, but, um, I want to be a singer songwriter. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's amazing. Is great because I, I could have, you know, it was like a kind of a, uh, would have been a nice little feather in my cap to be like, I'm a doctor. Um, but I didn't really want to do it. It wasn't something that was was giving me a lot of pleasure when I was starting to, you know, doing the like internships and stuff. And um, and it was going to be a, a ton of work, you know, mm-hmm. take over my whole life to do this PhD program um, and a lot of money. And and I was like, no. Um, so here's the situation is like, I maybe I don't haven't made a ton of money from music, but I also don't have a ton of debt. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> That can help. That's that's pretty cool. You were on that track. There's a uh, a friend of mine. His name's Randy Shine. He's a professional magician and tours all over nice. the world, and uh, just a brilliant, brilliant uh, performer. And when we got to know each other, we, he was telling me a story how he was actually like a scientist and nice. was like teaching like a professor, all of that, you know, had the super stable thing. But that was it was the same story. He was like, you know, I accomplished all this, but I'm just not happy like I want joy in that in that freedom and god that what to find that and pursue that I think is I think that's so brave and so awesome like um especially people keep saying that I'm brave or whatever for oh wow you're still doing this but I think people who who actually are in a stable situation and and like quit and and do it are just it takes so much more courage and it's just amazing and right also, I bet he has um, some really cool stuff that he can do with his magic from the science background. Oh, I bet. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, yeah, and the dude's just so, like, so brilliant in the way he can, like, misdirect. And, yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a great guy. What's his uh, name again? It's Randy Shine. And Randy I, I can send you a link to his okay. episode as well after the interview. But, but yeah, he's awesome. And he's all over the place, so maybe one day you'll, you'll run into him. Yeah, I, I <laughs> when, know a bunch of ma- magicians, so, like, maybe they know him, so... Maybe I will. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. But yeah, the I think finding that, you know, for me, it's like I, I've been an entrepreneur and I've had like roofing company and I actually for a season was about to, was contemplating buying into like a landscape company. And, but I've always come back, like the the music is what brings me uh, joy and uh-huh. what brings me like happiness. And, and so it's like one day I just, it just hit me where I'm like, everything is hard, right? Like every pursuit, <laughs> like you were saying, like you would have had to take out this debt. You would have had to work your ass off to become physical therapist, do all these things. But then what do you have in the end? So it's like, I'd rather deal with the hard of, of pursuing this, this world of music than pursuing yeah. the other things that supposedly 
is supposed to be more stable. And, yeah, well, that's yeah. like that um, that quote of like, you can fail at something that you don't want to do, too. Yes. <laughs> so you might as well try to do the thing that you want to do. When I, I remember in college, I had a uh, neighbor and he drove this amazing, like him and his family moved in one day. It was right after like the 9-11, like, like the mar stock market crashed, everything, mm -hmm. like the whole world kind of changed. And all of a sudden this dude shows up and he has this amazing Lexus, but like it's college housing. So it's really shitty housing. And I'm like, why is he here? And then he's hiding his Lexus in some like, we had this like broken down thing in the backyard. And finally, I got to know him and found out like they were trying to repossess his Lexus. And that's why he was <laughs> he was hiding, hiding it. it. Oh. And he was basically he was like an engineer at like some big time company. And he had all the stable things that you can imagine. But then when the, the economy tanked, they laid off a ton of people and he was one of those people. And so his life overnight got changed. And yeah. I was really grateful to meet him early on because it's like he had all the stable things that you could imagine. And it all yeah. got taken away from him as well. And it's like, yeah, what a huge lesson in there. Yeah. It's, yeah, might as well find what, what brings you joy. Absolutely. <laughs> now for you, so you're in Monterey currently, but you are based out of LA is where you're yes. based out of? Yes. Now you had talked about the community um, there, like community of music a little bit right in the beginning of the interview. And I'm curious with your songwriting process, are you writing in a collective Writing in a collective? Not really. Yeah. So you're more writing on your own currently? Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll co-write with, with certain artists, um, but most of the time I'm writing by myself. Right. Um, not only is that because I think that it, a lot of times my songs are really personal and sometimes I'm just like, I don't want another another energy in I like it's really important to me that this song says what I want it to say and you know you bring in another energy and it changes and and that's fine yeah. it, that's why you co-write but um but a lot of times I don't want to share um <laughs> you're like you're killing my vibe get out the room yeah no like the, the people that I co-write with are awesome and a lot of times the ones that I've co-written songs are where it'll be like oh I have had this idea but I'm stuck and then I I come to a a session with it and like they breathe new life into it and it's amazing and that's that's great but there are other times when i'll be like how about this idea and then i'm like no 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 never mind don't just disregard that i need that to be mine um <laughs> because they're like taking it somewhere else and it's not what i wanted it to be which right. is you know something that i can definitely learn to like let go um let it go <laughs> let it go um no but uh and then also to be fully honest um as an independent artist I like to own my whole song because then I get all the money from it. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Um, but uh, I'm not going to do that in, if it's something that, like I said, really serves the song, then I'll, of course, share the, the wealth with yeah. the people involved. So, yeah. Right on. You're, you're not trying to steal people's percentages. Of course not. Right? Of course no. not. No. <laughs> Well, and like, I've always been more kind of like what you're talking about, like writing on my own. And it, it feels like such a personal thing. And mm -hmm. I just recently started stepping out and trying to do co-writes. I have a lot of friends who do co-writing, like that's just their only job kind of thing. And so yeah. they've been pushing me to it. But it is funny, like a buddy of mine named Josh Gleave, 
uh, he was sharing his story where like he's he has like co-write after co-write it's just kind of his nine to five and but he's like there there's times where people come in the room he said there's this one girl that came in the room and they they tried to write but the vibe just wasn't there but they liked hanging out so he's like you want to just go grab a beer and they're like yeah and he's like so that was our session for the day we're like yeah we're not co-writers yeah i don't think so I've had that experience too, where um, there's this guy who I love his songs, I love his music, and we're like, yeah, we should write together. And we've gotten together to write, I think, like three or four times and never, I mean, we sort of tried, we got a little bit of an idea, but mostly we just ended up talking for hours. It wasn't that we weren't vibing. We just weren't songwriting. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's what he said. He was like, it's the strangest thing. Because it wasn't like I didn't like this person. And yeah. We had a good vibe, but it just didn't click there, you know? Yeah. And do you work with producers at all? Or are you producing mm-hmm. all that yourself? Oh, gosh. I wish I could produce my own music. I, I don't have that skill. Um, no, I work with producers. Uh, the guy that I've been working with the most of the last few years is um, Billy Leffler. He works in Death okay. Star Studios in, um, in Koreatown in L.A in LA and um yeah I've done the last my last like four EPs with him that's awesome and the, and the production is killer and I love Thanks. when people like production is what I love I don't I can't do it I love working with producers I'm learning mm-hmm. it excuse me yeah um I'm learning it uh, but I love the aspect of bringing a song to somebody and then them just helping it come alive. It's Me fascinating too. to to see it and be part of that process. Yeah, and that's why like I <laughs> Sometimes I'll have something very, very specific that I want, you know, a song to sound like or a part that I want the musicians to play or whatever. But but I love and am so glad to know so many talented artists that can just I'll literally play a song live for them and then they'll just start playing to it. And right. I think that's such an amazing talent and and I love to see what they come up with because um it's gonna be different and I'm not going to say it's necessarily cooler. I often think that it is because, you know, I'm bored of the things in my head. <laughs> you know, something You've new. You've been living with it for a while. You're like, it yeah. needs something fresh. Something new is always going to be like maybe the cooler. But um, yeah, I love to see what other artists bring to it. I'm like, hey, play, do whatever you want. Like I try not to give too much guidance before and see what they do. And then I'll be like, okay, nice. this is what I was thinking. Maybe we can mix it together or whatever. Nice. That's cool because that's one thing I've enjoyed is just sending like acoustic and a vocal track. And then, like you said, don't preface it and just see what a producer will kick back. Because yeah. sometimes they've just, uh, there's a song we have called I Need a Light that's like this huge, crazy, like dubstep, like mm-hmm. bombastic song. Yeah. I sent it to him as like a acoustic thing. That and Wow. The, the producer like... I sent it to him like an hour later, he had a mock-up for me, sent it to me. It was like, what do you think? And I was like, I've never imagined oh this, gosh. but this is fucking amazing. <laughs> that's so, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that I'm kind usually, of stuff is fun. Yeah. I'm usually very present in the, in the studio. So I, mm-hmm. I, I see it being built. So I haven't really had that experience, but that sounds really cool. Like the. You got to have trust to, to do that though. Like th- absolutely. this particular guy was someone I, so I get needing to be there and be in the mix <laughs> with folks so I feel <laughs> well like. I just like to because then it could, like well one of the examples is this song um actually that's coming out tomorrow um it's called win the game and it's I had a very clear idea of what I wanted it to sound like I had an example track and stuff and it was like that but then my producer was like hey let's let's get this guy Dave Egger to play 
strings on it. He's played with, you know, Evanescence and Coldplay and, you know, you've Some heard his, his strings. Yeah. And, um, and so I was like, yeah, let's do it. And um, he's played on a couple of my other stuff too. But he came back with, not only was it like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. It still, it adds so much to what I wanted it to sound like, but it was mm. also so weird in like the best way. And <laughs> yes. Like he did all this crazy stuff at the end of the track that just I think totally makes the sound and the vibe just yeah. so cool. Um, so yeah, if I had just said, "Hey, do it just like this," it wouldn't have had that magic. So I'm glad. Exactly. Yeah, I. It's interesting. You said like the weird thing. I'm gonna pull this up so I don't mess it up. But another guest, uh, this guy named Kenny Carter. He's a songwriter and just a monster musician. He's actually filling in on bass with us this weekend uh, for a show we're doing. But um, what did he say? I, he said, creativity is taking the things you love and pushing them past the boundaries of what you would tend to do. And mm -hmm. for some reason, that just really hit me like a, a beautiful way to talk about the creative process. It's like, get how, you have that familiar thing that's been living in your head, and then how, where's the turns? Where's the twist? Yeah. Like, what do you, when you're looking for inspiration, uh, as far as songwriting goes, what are you going to? Are you going to other songwriters? Is it movies? Is it, I'm just curious. I mean, I've definitely been inspired to write songs by situations and books and other like films and stuff. But, but a lot of the time it's just coming from my own life and, or other songs. So often when I'm, trying to get into writing mode. Well, I've always said if you can tell if I'm really liking music, like even if I'm at a show or whatever, um, if I'm like writing it down, if I'm writing while I'm listening to it because it's giving me ideas. <laughs> it's like sparking the thing. You're like, yeah. Hey, it got <laughs> so I tend to get a lot of songwriting ideas when I'm listening to new music that I haven't been listening to before. Um, so yeah, I guess that's how I do it. That's or, cool. or I'll like, as, yeah, as I'm, as I'm coming into a writing time, I'll think back to some songs that I really, really have liked in the last however many months and, and be like, right. I want to write a song like that. How would I do that? So, yeah. It's, it's funny, too. It's like, yeah, you see that girl in the back? She's, like, writing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, she's mm -hmm. super into the show. I just want you to know. No, <laughs> like, yes, seriously. I, <laughs> I, I feel like I need to explain that to people. Like, or now, it used to be, you know, with my little notepad. But now it's usually with my phone. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I hope they don't think that I'm not paying attention. I'm paying attention. You're it's like just I have to write attention this attention than maybe the person on the front row at that point. Yeah. It's like the <laughs> difference. It's like, you know that I really enjoy the show if I can't wait to leave and go home and write a song afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I love well, my I love the songwriting, but I also love live performance. And so when I go to like some crazy shows like arena shows and those kind of things sometimes there's one time i literally i literally i was on the floor but i tried to i went up and tried to find like the furthest seat i could mm -hmm. because i was so taken by their performance and the, the lights and everything i was like i just want to soak every little thing in so i i get that it's like i i moved yeah. away from the fan part i guess but i really was i was so enamored by yeah. the performance of it and there are sometimes yeah. And, and aside from performance, I feel like I've found this, maybe you would agree with this or this experience of sometimes there are times when someone's talking and, and it's like, I go away a little bit in my mind and, um, and they'll maybe 
see that and they're like, uh, am I boring you? And I'm like, no, 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 actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What you said was so interesting to me that I like went into my brain to think about it more. Right. And so it struck like, me. Oh, yeah. That's, that's an interesting insight too, though, to where, cause I think as a performer, right, we can get in our heads so yeah. much and it's like most of the time I'm just trying to practice being present. Mm -hmm. when I'm performing at this point anymore. Yeah. Um, because there's times where I'm like, this person <clears throat> hates this. Like I actually did a show about a week ago where there's someone in the back and I was like, she hates this. I can just tell like she's the, everything about what her demeanor felt like she hated it. I'll, I went back, I'm like meeting fans, all that kind of thing. And she comes up to me, that was so amazing. We really loved it. And I'm like, okay. So, and it's interesting to hear your perspective where you may have, to them look trailing off, but it really was inspiring them. Like they were accomplishing yeah. the goal they set out to do at that point. Yeah. That's yeah. Really and I think speaking of though, this is sort of a different thing. Um, do you ever find that when you get like too focused on your songs, that's when you mess them up? Cause I have found like in the writing and recording. No, like performing. Or... <clears throat> no. Oh, yes. Like, like if I'm performing on stage, especially songs that I've played a lot, if I start really thinking about, okay, I'm playing this song and the next <laughs> lyric is, then I'll like forget the lyrics and forget the chords and like mess it up. Like if I'm thinking too much. Absolutely. It's, it's a curse <laughs> because because sometimes it's like I do better when I'm thinking about what I'm going to do afterwards, which seems terrible and don't tell, I shouldn't have told this secret. I shouldn't have told this secret about artists. <laughs> or they're like, you're so into it. It's so emotive. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, I was thinking about what I'm having for dinner, but thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. And it, sometimes it's, to me, it connects to the idea of, which sounds crazy, but like over-preparing as well. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've had to where I've, I've over-prepared to the point where I actually like destroyed my voice, those mm -hmm. kind of things. So there was like physical ramifications, but <laughs> even like in in the mental aspect is like it becomes almost obsessive to where then I'm almost exhausted by the time we get to a show because mm -hmm. I spent weeks and weeks and weeks just like uh what's the word like just I guess ruminating over every little aspect yeah and so that's been part of I think my process learning to let let go let it go as you said earlier <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. to just let go and experience like I want to it's weird it sounds really strange but it's like I want to experience like Oh, this this feels really good in my hand, as opposed yeah. to yeah, like, am I playing the part right? If that sounds or, yes, or like, no, absolutely, because that, that's what yeah. that's where I mess it up is like if I'm worried about okay, what's the next lyric? Okay, what's the next thing? Instead of just like letting it flow out yes. of me, and um, I've noticed too that when I feel nervous, um, I've performed so much now that I don't often feel nervous exactly. It's more about, it's more like excited. Um, or I try to reframe it that way anyway. And um, <laughs> I like that. I like that strategy. Um, reframe yeah. it. This is excitement. Yeah. But if I am feeling nervous, um, I, I discovered like a year ago that weirdly, counterintuitively, if I imagine, okay, so I'm playing in this room with, you know, 80 people or whatever it is, and I'm feeling mm -hmm. nervous. I, now I'm imagining myself playing at the Hollywood Bowl and I feel much more calm <laughs> and I don't know what that's about except for that maybe it's more about um, that you're you're actually able to be more present in like focusing out rather than in 
And yeah. also, also, hmm. I think we all know artists know that it's scary to play f- in an intimate setting, especially with people who like you care what they think. Right. So I think that's more the times that I get nervous. I don't get nervous in front of a big crowd. I get nervous in front of like the 50 people that are my best friends and family and like that oh are my, gosh, you know, shit. the other musicians <laughs> that I, that I admire and stuff, right. you know? No, and that makes sense. Cause I, I remember doing juries in college and I'm performing for three professors just sitting there staring at me mm-hmm. and I would rather perform for hundreds or thousands <laughs> of people than do that. Yeah. It was so nerve wracking. Plus they're just like <clears throat> almost scowling because it was very classically driven program. So they're all just very like, just there. They're not yeah. there to entertain. They're there to judge every note, you know? And, yeah. That's why like, yeah. Even, auditions oh, are terrifying. Yes. <laughs> Well, and I'm, I've never done an acting audition, but my, my friend that toured with us and he was just talking about how brutal auditions are because it's so, it's so absolutely subjective where like music, he's like, can you play the part? Okay. Mm -hmm. But like acting, it sounds like a whole other level of like, yeah, well, there's so many other factors. Like, of course, with a musician, you can play the part in a more soulful way or more whatever, That's true. That's true. but it's not as much as like acting where. It's okay. So how are you acting this? What choice did you make? Because there's so many, so many different ways that you could read this part. And also, what is your bone structure? How old are you? (laughs) What color are your eyes? What does your voice sound like? Like, you know, all of these factors that are just and and then by the way, do you look like my, you know, cousin that I didn't like growing up? Um, Do you remind me of my ex? No, you don't, you don't get to have the part. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. And that's what it's funny. Cause yeah, he's like, yeah, I don't like your nose. Like you don't like my nose. Great. All right. That's well, weird. You have a you good later. nose. <laughs> so I don't know why. But, yeah. And that's what, well, and that didn't happen to me. That, that was oh, like okay. his, he was just saying it was that arbitrary, like people walking in and like, yeah, I don't like your hair or your nose or your Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And of and, and now, you know, there's all kinds of um in the world of that we're in now where there's all this inclusion happening which i'm totally totally supportive supportive of it's like you could just not get a part just because you're not the the race that they're looking for which i think you know is it's 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 an awkward situation i guess for people who aren't getting parts but um but it's also you know like i said very very good for the people who are finally getting um getting represented but again, it's it's all those things out of your control where like certain yeah. certain certain worlds you can enter in and if you do the work, you can, you know, you can pass go. You can actually get the job. Yeah. Where yeah, it's so yeah, it seems oh, so subjective. My my sister um knew someone in her acting class who had booked a role on a pilot. It was gonna be a big um, you know, T V show. It had already been greenlit, it had you know, uh, a big star uh, as the the main cast member. And she was a main character on this show. And they did the table read. And then after, and she said it went really well and people were laughing and all this stuff. And then um, her agent called her the next day and was like, I'm so sorry, but they're they're going with someone else. And it was because she was too good. And the lead person was threatened. See, and didn't want to be overshadowed. Crazy. Oh I know. Oh my god. <laughs> what other job can you get fired for being too good at it? You're too good. You're threatening me. Like <laughs> it'd be yeah. like trying to bring shitty bands to open for you just so you feel better. Like that yeah. that sounds ridiculous. Like you want the fans to actually enjoy every moment of it in my opinion. But yeah, yeah that's nuts. <laughs>
So that's anyway. crazy. <laughs> well, and on the performing, so I love like that strategy where you're talking about like imagining the Hollywood Bowl <laughs> is what you said, right? Are there other strategies that you use? Um, if I'm feeling nervous or what? If, if you're feeling nervous or just in general, like connecting and being in the moment with the crowd itself. Yeah. Um, connecting and being in the moment, I will, I try to make eye contact, but I'll, I can tell that sometimes people are like, no, um, like, but oh, I, oh. no, I'll, I'll like make <laughs> eye contact. I'll do little, like, you know, if there's a certain lyric or something, I'll kind of like, you know, raise my eyebrows at someone and, and they like, we'll have a moment where like, yeah, I get what right. you're saying. Or, um, same thing, like in the middle, in the between songs, I tell stories. And, right. and if I can see that someone's really reacting, I'll like focus on them and be like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about or like whatever. And um, yeah, I really like to between songs tell stories. I, I have found this and hopefully it's a good vibe for the show, but I tend to have a lot of songs that are pretty sad about heartbreak and stuff. But then in the middle of between them, I'm basically doing a stand-up comedy routine <laughs> like i'm just telling... like that was a rough go there it was pretty dark so we need yeah. to bring it up a little bit let's let's yeah. bring some joy for a second exactly i hope that that's how it's experienced anyway that's what i try to do i try to insert some some levity and joy and and funny in between right kind of yeah. the roller coaster ride of your show it sounds like <laughs> at that point yeah now you, you know, touring all over the States, uh, reading where you've toured to Europe, um, is that, is it pretty much like full-time touring for you right now? Or what's the rhythm look like for you? Oh gosh, it has not been full-time touring for me since COVID. Um, well, I so... guess, yeah, that is still a dumb question to ask, to be honest. When I'm like, <laughs> that's how people have just been asking us. They're like, are you guys getting back on tours? Like we start doing one-offs like next month. And yeah. slowly get back to where like the world is and I my understanding California is still like kind of locked down a bit is that the case I mean I haven't, I, haven't I don't see it as being as locked down but um it's still not the the pandemic is not over like there's still you know COVID is running rampant around LA you know so but but people it, it shows are opening up um right. and happening I think it's just a little bit harder to get as many people out as you used to, um, but it's open. It's it's happening again. And the thing is, so so the last time I was on tour, tour um, was in 2019. At the end of the year, I went and I played in all 50 states in about six months. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and it was because like I that was stuff. Just it just gets me giddy. I I have such like wanderlust uh, for life in general in. Yeah, that's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, so. thanks. And actually, I'll tell this story. I don't know if I've told this story um, in public before, but um, so I went out. I, I was in my little blue Prius. I was all by myself. I was booking it as I went. Um, oh, yeah. And, <laughs> I love it. That's ballsy. And, I dig it. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and I, there was one show, I believe it was in Mississippi, where first of all the night before i had such a weird night um with this like conversation with someone but then also a tornado basically hit the hotel that i was staying <laughs> like i got woken up by like the the sirens and i like got into the bathtub and this tree fell into and like basically almost fell through the window like it was so close wow. um and 
And then I was like, okay, anyway, so I'm just going to drive now for seven hours to get to this venue in Mississippi. And I get there. It's, it's still just like raining. And I'm in the middle of nowhere, basically, at this kind of um, this this bar. It was. It, I'm sure it would have been a really cool happening place, but it was closed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, the world's uh, ending outside at yeah. that moment. <laughs> and um, they were like, I was like, hi, I'm here. I'm supposed to perform. And they're like, oh. Well, we're not open. I'm like, God. um, I have this email. And um, so they were, so luckily there was someone there. Right. And so what happened was I, I set up with my little setup out on their porch and, and I set up my little camera and I did a live stream and I nice. performed for the guy that was there. And I was like, <laughs> it counts. It absolutely <laughs> Mississippi. <counts. laughs> um, that, so that absolutely was counts. Weird. Yeah. And that's brilliant that you you did live stream. I my first band that we started like hitting the road and we drove it was we were on our way to like some showcase, I think Oklahoma City. So we picked up something mm -hmm. else in like Edmond, Oklahoma, some random mm -hmm. ass town. And we ended up performing for the four staff that were working at the <laughs> venue. And but it was before like streaming or anything. So like mm -hmm. it literally that's all it was is we got to entertain four people I hope um, they enjoyed that it. were there. I, I hope so. I think they did. But it was <laughs> so for you, was that like your first like jump into touring or had you done some tours before that? Before no, the I... six month uh, 50 states thing? I'd done some before, but not for a little while. I actually the first time I really did a tour tour. Other than you know, I I wasn't I had been in the sort of tour world when I um, when I was friends with the Brandy Carlisle band and everything like okay. when I was coming in their van with them. Nice. I mean, I'm still friends with them, but they don't they don't let me hang out with them on the bus anymore. Um, you <laughs> like, know, like still on, cool, but like no, I, I just mean like separate. No. <laughs> I've never I've never actually toured like where I was opening for them, but but when I was friends with them they'd be like hop in the van but you know once they got on into like big buses and everything and and right. all their their wives and kids <laughs> like they That's weren't true. just like bringing random they have like tour friends. managers and everybody yeah, else like, with them and yeah. i get that I get so that. i'd been um i've been in that world a little bit in that way and but then the first time i really where i was performing i oh, was opening for this band called crimson calamity Okay. Not no, sorry. Crimson Calamity is actually my really good friends. They're still a band. They're a country um at they're out of Nashville. You'll see why I got confused. Vermilion Lies was the band that I went on Vermilion tour with. Lies. So it's two different kinds of red. And oh, then see, some... I, I wasn't even tracking on that one. I didn't oh, yeah. even know, but that's now where I'm it got educated. confused in my brain. Okay, so Crimson <laughs> Calamity, check them out. They're great. Vermilion Lies is also two women who um are their sisters but they're i don't think they're a band anymore but they uh, back then i opened for them helped drive and sold their merch and did that whole thing and that was for about six weeks at first they asked me they were like hey do you want to come with us to help sell merch you can you can play um but only for two weeks because that's that's our rule we don't let anyone come in the van with us for more than two weeks because then we will hate them and um <laughs> And I was like, okay. That could be okay. so true. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I got in the van with them. And after the first week, they were like, can you just come with us for the rest of the time? You're cool. We like you. And I'm like, yeah. So, um, so I did that. That was all over the country too. Um, but not every single state. And then I've also played in, um, in Europe in like festivals. I did the Edinburgh French Festival and, and then some like little one-off shows in like, um, 
the UK and Belgium. Oh, and then I actually did a tour called Songs and Whispers, where it was all over Germany, Belgium, and the Netherlands. Nice. And you self-booked all of that as well? No, the the European one, I, well, I self-booked myself at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Okay. But uh, the Songs and Whispers one was I submitted and then they book it, which was amazing. They they have this. It's like a concert series. So it's all um, people know about it and they have sort of have these venues that they've already gotten to know. And so wow. these are like packed rooms of enthusiastic, quiet people who are there to Ooh. see the music in a place in Germany that they've never heard of me. And, and I made more money at these shows from people giving tips than like ever. That's it's, amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. What's that people, called again? It's called I need Songs and Whispers, which I'm not Songs sure it's since COVID. I'm not sure they're still doing it. Um, but you could you could look it up and reach out, I guess. And uh, but yeah, it's great because you, I didn't have to book it myself. They they book, you know, promo and all this stuff. They they set up the newspaper promo. And right. I was just amazed. I don't know if this happens here. Um, but the fact that the number of people that would come to the show and be like, yeah, we saw this just like in the local newspaper and decided to come. Does that happen here? I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea because that sounds so foreign. Maybe yeah. it happens to somebody, <laughs> especially, especially now. That's really cool though, that they have that. And it sounds a mm -hmm. similar thing to so far, but it has a, like so far sounds, but I like the public aspect and it sounds like maybe making a bit more money out of it as well to, yes. be able to cover your expenses. Yes, because yeah, I love this so far sounds idea too because they it's people who are really wanting to they're music lovers who want to discover music. That's yeah. the whole reason that they're there. And uh but yeah, you you can't get the the same amount of tips and stuff I don't think yeah. from so far. I don't know. And maybe there are changes from that. I'm not sure. I know, but yeah, it's a brilliant model in the sense of like my first mm -hmm. time in Portland played for 70 people who all wanted, like they were hungry yeah. for new music. And that was, that was awesome. It's like, whoa, I love this. So yeah, yeah. so far has been great. Some of my favorite shows I've done for so far sounds shows. And they usually have like a really cool aesthetic vibe, typically mm -hmm. just like the room, all of it, like. I guess just comes together. So yeah, one of the when, shows that I played oh, in so far sound sorry was in Seattle, no Denver, and it was in this great big you know ballroom at this hotel. It was a full room. It was really fun. But I started the show by completely like just knocking over the entire sound system. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, hey, sorry guys, I want to start with a bang, and then you know played my little acoustic songs <laughs> like it wasn't rock and roll at all. That's amazing. You like walk in. Let me kick the shit yeah. over and get this show started. Oh, okay. Hi. <laughs> like now I'm gonna make you cry and laugh exactly. and cry and laugh exactly. a little bit here for a few minutes. I just want you not to know what's going on. <laughs> Buy my music, thanks. Okay. It is funny though, because I feel like some of that stuff makes it for almost more memorable. Like I've had times where it's like the whole system shuts down and you just walk out into the crowd and start singing yeah. something acapella I love and that. there becomes like a, a memorable moment. In that, I love uh, that. I dig yeah. that kind of stuff. What, uh, when you're, so like just turning gears just a little bit as mm -hmm. a woman in the industry, like mm -hmm. there's a lot of my female guests will talk sometimes about just like their unique experiences. Like for example, and I, my listeners might be tired of me telling this story, but I remember where a friend of ours, her name's Crystal Rose, a brilliant artist. She's out in Nashville now. She sat down with my drummer and I, 
to talk through like social media stuff. And we're telling mm-hmm. her all of our brilliant strategies and how we, <laughs> we do things. And then we get done telling her all these strategies. And she's like, I can tell that you're not a woman and you're not, you don't live on social media. She's like, if I tried some of these strategies, I can't even begin to tell you like the things that would come my way that I don't want. <laughs> and I like was like, what? Oh. Can you, can you give an example? Um, like she, I don't think she went too much detail. It's been a few years since her memory. No, I mean like, the example just, of things that you told her. To oh, do like for us, a lot of it is we do a lot of like messaging. So mm-hmm. like if people interact with us, then we continue on conversations with them. Um, trying to understand like where they're at. And so there's a lot of like personal contact, nothing like, nothing like uh, spamming, like messaging stuff, but where, like, for example, right now um, we're doing a campaign pushing our new EP and we have like a snap history, like of people who have interacted with us forever. So I'm going through just reaching out to each person. That's one Mm -hmm. part of our strategy. Um, And I'm trying to remember like some of the other strategies. Uh, Typically it was around what Crystal was most like, kind of thrown back was like the messaging and the constant like talking to people mm-hmm. um and that's where she was like that is really unsettling for me as a woman and I just never again I'm a dude I didn't realize that that's even a thing that could happen <laughs> for her you know um is there anything unique um or for example one of my KJ it was one of my uh another guest and she was talking about like how she has her band members like walk her to her car and again, it was something that I was like, damn, that's something I never think of as a guy. So are there anything unique from you? Like you, obviously you're like, you're traveling the whole country by yourself in a Prius. Like, are there things as a woman that you feel like are unique that stick out to you or just steps that you feel like you have to take um, that maybe like a male artist wouldn't have to? I mean, I, I agree, and that, that's why I asked, because I figured it was about the messaging thing, because right. I was actually just talking about this with someone, about how it is hard, because, you know, that is a lot of the stuff that this current music industry tells you to do, is like, engage, mm-hmm. engage, engage, Right. but then sometimes it's like, well, first of all, I don't have time to just chat with people all day long. Right. Um, I'm doing other things, making music and stuff. Um, like, <laughs> and- I've got things to do, people. And I don't mean like that I don't have time to respond to a message about my music or answer a question or something. But what happens, and maybe it happens more to women, is uh, I do get a lot of men just coming into my DMs and just being like either either somewhat inappropriate kind of hitting on me or or just wanting to talk to me, just like just wanting to just chat all day long. And I'm just like, I can't do that. Right. I can't. Sorry. <laughs> um, and so that is something, yes, in when I'm, you know, in these sort of advice of how to do things, that, that is always a question that comes up of like, but really? Um, and um, the other thing, like you say about getting someone to walk you to your car, yes, I have thought of that. Usually when I, I'm trying to think of on that tour, usually I was like right outside. Right. Um, so... I wasn't too nervous about it. Um, But yeah. Oh, one of the things that has happened to me, and I'm not sure, maybe this happens to men too, but they're just not like, they don't feel threatened by it. But I, um, I have also noticed that people will come up and think that they, they'll just like come up and hug me. Uh, And I'm like, um, hi, 
<laughs> you know? Um, and this is before, actually, I think COVID really helped <laughs> because You're it like, made hey, it, we can't touch. It Leave made it really <laughs> like socially acceptable to be like, don't touch me. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, where it should still be actually, um, socially acceptable to say, don't touch me. Um, Absolutely. It, yeah. but, uh, you want to be polite, you want to be friendly, but, but yeah, I think that there's just something weird about, it's this thing that happens where people, um, who are fans and not, not to dig in on fans or like, a bad mouthing them because that's obviously how we survive and how we even have this career. And I'm so thankful right. for them, but, but they have such a different experience than I do. Um, they feel it's connected like, to you. Yeah, in way. yeah. You feel like you just have this experience with me and we're connected and I literally have never seen you before. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, like and the hug is a bit much, bro. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> do you have that? I'm curious. Does that happen to you or do you just not notice it or? I think it has happened to me, but I think it's that, that piece. And this is one thing my wife and I talk about all the time, like similar circumstances where she's like, yeah, you're six feet tall, 220 pounds. So this scenario doesn't threaten you. But as a, as a woman, she's like, I've, I've been in a scenario like this where someone does whatever. And, and I'm like, huh, I, that, so yeah, it's similar to that where like, I know I've had people do that or come up and say weird shit to me. And I'm just like, ah, like one time some girl walks up and says, I just want to have sex with your voice is what she says to me. And I, <laughs> I even, I remember like texting my wife that, and she was like, my God, girls are so stupid is what she, <laughs> was her response on that. But again, I laughed it off, but yeah. I can't imagine if you flip that, like if a guy comes up to a female artist and says that, that that then is now like it sounds threatening almost you know as guess, like yeah women have unpacked to me when i've yeah. talked about that scenario so i think that it's just a good idea for maybe men in general but especially in the this world of performance rule of thumb anyone out there um this is the big advice right here this is let, guys listen <laughs> yeah or women whatever let the performer initiate physical contact. <laughs> if I want to hug you or shake your hand, then I will. But it's a, it's upsetting <laughs> on a number of levels, especially now because of COVID, when you just go for it. <laughs> right. And, and even if it's not like you're threatening, it can be just a lot for the one person who's just having a bunch of strangers come up and touch them. <laughs> like, yeah. even if they're women, even if they're, you know, whatever. So I think a good rule of thumb in this kind of scenario is let the performer or the person who is his being come, you know, approached initiate that kind of contact. Yeah, that's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> I got that from and someone else, um, <laughs> another woman in the music industry. And I thought it was like really good rule of thumb. <laughs> yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. And I, you know, I'm just curious of it. But ever since I had that conversation with Crystal, it's just it was that moment of like, damn, how like blind am I to so many things? And so I love hearing like different females perspectives of it. And like, I think you had mentioned in there too, it's not necessarily just like male to female where like I, I had a bass player, a guy where I like the whole bro culture where you like smack each other's ass or whatever, mm -hmm. good game kind of thing. I said, good game after he got done playing a show and he looked at me and I smacked him in his butt. It was just kind of like what <laughs> dudes did, right? Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of bro-ish sometimes. Yeah. And he turned around and I could tell like he was just like thoroughly no. offended. And he's like, oh. please don't ever do that again. And I was like, oh, 
Yeah. I had no idea. And so, again, that was just like one of those lessons of like, hey, maybe this is not a good action to keep doing. <laughs> you know, like even though it's just like a dude to another dude. And yeah, yeah, I think for anyone listening that definitely go on a journey of figuring out how other people want to, I guess, be interacted with. Totally. <laughs> yeah, that. just try to be more aware of vibes. <laughs> Right. Yes. <laughs> like the vibe is like, if you come near me and I back off, like, don't touch me. That's like, <laughs> yeah, bro, come on. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the last two questions of the <clears> podcast, <throat> uh, based off the series, uh, live and create. I'd, so first one right now in your life, how would you define living a great life? Oh, wow. Okay. <clears throat> living a great life right now, how I would define that is is finding your source of confidence and joy and and love inside yourself where it doesn't the the way that you feel about yourself isn't completely dependent on outside things now i think this is something no this is something that i've very much struggled with personally and i think it's a common thing i'm not saying that you shouldn't get joy from outside things they can add to it but um if you can thoroughly enjoy yourself, regardless of what's going on around you, um, not in like an ignorant way, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Like, not, um, but <clears throat> believe in yourself, love yourself, even if you're not getting a lot of outside, um, you know, attention or whatever. That is that is living the good life, because. If you're happy, you're happy. Like there's so many things and I'm not saying that I don't desire these things. Like I want to have a you know, a get to a higher level in my career. I want to, you know, get on a bus with, you know, whoever and 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 play with these big artists that I admire and I want to have a a beautiful home in a beautiful place that I own and you know all those things. I want to go on vacations and stuff. But when you're like I want to I'm going to when I have that, I will be happy then that'll never be happy. They'll never be true because you'll just keep wanting more. Like I even catch myself doing it now where I'm at a level in my career right now where even just five years ago or especially 10 years ago, I would have been like, oh, she's made it, <laughs> like, you know? And now, <laughs> you know, I'm like on the radio. I've been on billboard charts. I've been number one on iTunes and singer songwriter charts. Like these things that would, you know, 10 years ago, when I first started, me would have been like, oh my God, <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> Like that is everything. Yeah. And, um, and now I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm grateful, but like, I find myself in these moments being like, yeah, okay. But like, I don't have this, you know, like, and so I have to keep reminding myself that, uh, if you are looking for happiness and love and everything outside of yourself completely, then you'll never be fulfilled. You have to be filled up from the inside and then you can give happiness and love to other people and spread it in the world. And, and if you're happy, you're happy. Like if you are enjoying, if you're having all the same feelings that you would have, if you're like, I'm rich and I'm on vacation, whatever that feels like. And you just feel it now, even though you're living in your, you know, one bedroom apartment and studio apartment in LA, like doing whatever. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> still feeling good so that's oh, brilliant well that matters yeah i love that thought and i think it's very like that's a huge thought for performers 
because we can be so wrapped up, I think, in that outside gratification. And there are so many like highs and lows of this industry, you know, anyway, as you know, where it's like, you know, your tour probably had great shows. Then you had that one where you're performing for one guy in a, in a like tornado (laughs) basically (laughs) where, but how do you navigate that without becoming like the juice worlds of the world who like they, they knew they were going to die young and they died young because they, they couldn't find that happiness in themselves, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's huge. I love it. And it, it hits on something too, or it's almost like a mantra I've been, I've been like incorporating in my life with this idea of life is only iterations. Like there is no there. Like it, oh, it's yeah. only that next step. That There's next always, iteration. there is no there cause it's, it's always here. Right. This is it. <laughs> yeah. Like even, even when you're imagining your future, it's happening in your brain now. Huh? That's a cool thought. <laughs> so there you are. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, bam, drop some brilliant. No, I, that's no, that's no. I mean, like thought. you're I there. I really like that. Like you oh, are there. That, literally, because it's you in are. your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you're like there. You are, Mike. Like drop. bam. No. Bam. <laughs> Knowledge bomb. Um, no, I like that. Like even as you're imagining it, that is actually the moment. You know, because they say the that. Did you know that they say that psychologically, um, the benefits of whatever psychological benefits you get from going on a vacation, say, mm-hmm. is pretty much almost exactly the same as just imagining being on that vacation. That's interesting. Like, so you can get as a, a lot of joy and, and good, you know, hormones surging through your body and all of that good stuff for your brain by just planning a vacation. <laughs> That's awesome. And then, and and honestly, then actually, like the buildup to a vacation is some of the more fun. Yeah. Part. Like, oh my God, we're looking be forward here. to it. It's exactly. Gonna be so cool. We're going to drink and margaritas then, on the beach. <laughs> exactly. And then you imagine that and you feel that and you get all the good stuff from that. And then actually, if you really think about it, I mean, not saying that you shouldn't really go on real vacations and they're awesome, but, <laughs> but if you really think about it, like it's kind of stressful to travel sometimes and you have to deal with the airport and you have to deal with this, all this stuff. And like, mm-hmm. so, so like if you just even just imagine a vacation, <laughs> <laughs> you might just get just as much of it as uh, going on it for real. Well, you just save a lot of money and get really good at imagining things. This is exactly brilliant. Life hacks <laughs> right here. I love yeah. it. That, so I I realized you had mentioned Brandy Carlisle again, yeah. and that sparked one question that I was thinking about asking earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got two questions left. If you have okay. a moment, uh, yeah, so I'm curious, what's like one or two things mm-hmm. that you learned being able to like be part of their camp and mm-hmm. traveling with them. Cause I think it's, that seems like such a powerful asset to actually have a legitimate like friendship and then also be along this journey of someone mm-hmm. who's growing their career so significantly. So yeah, what are like one or two things uh, that really stuck out to you that, that have guided you? Oh my gosh, so many. Um, <laughs> first of all, Brandy Carlisle is nothing if not uh, just she knows exactly who she is and and isn't going to take anything else for, she doesn't she doesn't take bs she's like this is how i want to be this is what i want to do this is how i want to do it and that's what what's going to happen hmm. or or you can go it's okay you just don't want to be part of this <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, like, it's cool but you're um, not going to be here yeah and um that uh, was really inspiring of, and not in like a, even a, she's not like a, I can't say the words, but she's not doing it in a, in, 
impolite or a disrespectful way at all. Right. It's just like, she's like, other people say, oh, I want to do it. You should do this. And she's like, no. <laughs> You're like, oh, all right, wow. no, I'm going to do this. And um, that knowing of herself and, um, and complete confidence in herself is something that I've definitely learned from and inspired to. Um, the, yeah, just complete, just, um, oh, I'm not thinking of the word, but, oh my gosh, is that me? Is that my mic? It's making it all crackly. Do you hear I that? I didn't hear anything. Okay, so then maybe it's just my, my earphones. Okay, sorry. Um, the, the idea that, for example, they, their store, their song, The Story, um, was used in a GM, I believe, General Motors commercial. Um, this was years and years ago. Um, but they wanted, GM was like, we want to use your song in their, our commercials. And they were like, we don't want you to use our song in your commercial because it's about like big gas guzzling trucks. Ew. She's like, no. and yeah. And, and like, and this is back when they weren't rich and they weren't you know at the level they are now like that's that's a big thing to say no to like i was like wow you are definitely not a sellout like um and and so they said no thanks and then gm came back and was like how about this much money and they were like i still know i don't want my song associated with that and they were like how about this much money they're like no and then GM came back with like, okay, we're changing the whole commercial. We're going to make it about like um, hybrid vehicles and all of these different things like that, that are about the environmental things that you are, you know, um, that are important to you. Right. And we'll give you, you know, four times as much money as we came to you first. And they were like, okay. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I love that. Just sticking to your guns. Yeah. Um, can really they got what they wanted plus more money you know and then and then ps and by the way use donated that money to environmental causes damn so, i need to find out more about randy carlisle I, I, yeah. I only to be honest i only really know the name i don't i haven't really even dove into the music so she's that's, huge in in activism and yeah in activism and they have this um this uh foundation called the looking out foundation um which they give money to all kinds of different causes um to you know helping sex trafficking and getting children Mm -hmm. out of war-torn countries and um she has a wine label it's actually a a winery that that has her name on it it's called xobc which was my idea by the way to call it brilliant um but (laughs) (laughs) and um so they and they donate all of the proceeds from that too to their foundation right and so so that really standing to Hmm. your um sticking to your principles and what she wants to do with her art and being a a huge um generous giver to the community yeah and also just the way that i the way that I am on stage, I think I learned a lot from her. Um, yeah, singing my songs and then in the middle of them connecting with the audience and telling a funny story or whatever it is. Right. And actually, she she came to one of my very first shows um, awesome. that I did in L.A. She came. And, of course, I was like, oh, my God. It's right. like <laughs> I was friends with her, but I was a fan before. Like, I mean, well, it sort of happened at the same time, but but it's like – being friends with your your top like 
person idol in your right. your art okay and you're like, i'm um, super glad you're here but i kind of wish you weren't now i'm in my head <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i did my show there were like six people there including Rady carlisle and her band which is like that's okay that's amazing cool. and um what a hell of a first show though right wow that's great and i love thanks. it <laughs> um it wasn't my very very first show but i think it was like one of my first shows in la okay. and i did it and then she came up to me afterwards and she was like Chris, or no, I, I sort of came up to her. She was sitting and, and she's like, Chris, come here. And I came and she's like, no, come closer. Come here. And she's like, she grabbed my shoulders and she goes, get it together and be like that all the time. That was amazing. <laughs> because I used to oh, be- Oh, we all need friends like that. Yeah, I, I used to it. be so shy. I used to be so like painfully shy in um in social situations right but on stage i was totally you know just open and funny and just saying things and, and then you know singing my heart out and and she's like be like that all the time keep doing this and you are going to be an extremely successful singer songwriter and that meant mm. so much to me and i really took that on <laughs> and and then her manager actually at one point said to me you at one point, my sister was being great. She was being a little wingman. And she she goes, um, yeah, Chris, who's a singer-songwriter too, talking to Brandon Carlisle's manager. And he's like, oh, are you good? And because back then I was like, I don't know. Yeah. And he was like, oh, well, if you don't think you're good, why should I? And he and he said it very bluntly. And Damn. and he was making a point, but he wasn't being a dick about it. He was, uh, it, but it, that really stuck with me too. And it's advice that I've given people from then on. Cause like, I've never, hmm. never been wishy-washy about whether or not I'm good anymore. Now when people right. say, hey, you good? I'm like, yeah, you wanna hear it? You yeah. know? Yeah, that's it's a great lesson because <laughs> seriously, if you're trying to tell someone to come to your show or listen to your music, but you can't even articulate to them, with confidence mm -hmm. that you're good, why the hell would they want to go? Like, yeah, yeah that's that's huge. It's interesting to hear about people like on that level too, because uh, Kenny Carter in his, as one of the recent podcasts, he was sharing about a guy that's part of the music mafia in Nashville. I didn't even know what that was, so he had to educate me. I guess mm -hmm. it's like big mm -hmm. and rich and like all these like huge country stars now all came up together. They started their own little like click. And one mm -hmm. of these people came beside him and said, uh, <laughs> how do you say it? He said, you need to find your click. Mm -hmm. You can't be in mine, mm. but you need to find my click. It's like, so he's like so blunt, but loving at the same time where it's like, no, we built something. We're not ushering you into this, but yeah. if you do it, that's how you'll succeed. And so it's interesting to hear like even Brandy Carlisle and her manager having that more bluntness, but almost like a care, like no, it's almost course. the most loving thing they could have done. Actually, Brandy <laughs> wrote me a poem one time. And it was basically said that um, where she was like, because it's people wonder why they're like, if you're such good friends with them, why have you not like gone on tour with them or something? Mm -hmm. And and it's like, I don't know, but but that it is, I think, some some something to do with that, where they're like, we are doing this thing. You're great. You go do your thing. Yes. And and, you know someday we'll maybe we'll come together or something but um and the uh, one more thing that i wanted to say too that i have to give credit to her band it's it's her but it's her band is twin brothers tim and phil hanseroff and they're um like the powerhouse behind the the songs 
Like they write so many of the songs. She does too, and then the three of them write together. But nice. Um, like the story was all written by Phil. A lot of the songs are written by Tim. Um, and so the way that I have learned how to write songs is like from them, hmm. <laughs> practically. Like I'll still talk to Tim all the time and and like send him my songs and be like what do you think about this what do you think about that what should I do? you know and it's such a wonderful i'm so blessed to have that and um the idea that they have this this um their family figuratively and literally because they're all like married to each other's family members. But um, seriously, the, all their so kids are cousins. So they have a bad tour together, they still have to go to Thanksgiving dinner together still. Yeah. Like no matter what. Yeah. But um, the, the point being is that even when they were first starting out and it was the three of them, they made the deal from the beginning, whatever we make, we split it three ways. It doesn't matter who wrote the song. It doesn't matter what's going on we are a band and we split our money three ways. And so it makes it, there's no fights about who's right. doing more work, who's doing like, who deserves like whatever, because it's all just luck of the draw, which songs take off. Right. And you're right. all still performing them and, and being on tour. And, um, and it, what it does is it, this is the thing that really stuck with me and how I operate too, is do what's going to be good for the music, hmm. not for you. Right. Um, and, and that is the best thing that they could do because now they're not coming to it with like, oh, well, let me add this lyric or try to change something so that I can get a percentage or right. let me, you I know, get my poo -poo. two and a half percent on. <laughs> yeah. Or, or let me like say no to your thing that is actually going to make it better because I want to keep all the money. Um, right. so I think that that's, I've learned so much from them. You said like, give me one or two things and I'm like, no, hey, this is the whole story. <laughs> yeah. Well, and those are great stories and I love one thing I've loved about this podcast, your episode, I think 91 in this one, and these conversations have been so great because one thing is this idea of like a mentor or that mm -hmm. voice who came along at one point. Almost everybody has had some experience where another person spoke that confidence or mm -hmm. spoke that direction into their lives. And to me, it's just amazing to see the impact that each person can have on the other person. And then even to hear you say, like now you share it to other people, like mm -hmm. now you're able to go give. To me, that's one of the most beautiful things I think about like community in arts, like the, the opportunity to invite people in or challenge them to go and do something out, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I, I love those, those stories. Those are great. I think people will get some great stuff out of them. Thanks. Um, and I've kept you for a very long time. So let me That's do right. the, the last, last question for you. Okay. Uh, right now in your life, how would you define creating great things? Oh, <laughs> oh, um, how would I define creating great things? I think it would be whatever is filling up your heart and your mind and and getting it out in a productive way and that could apply to anything <laughs> it doesn't even have to be art um but like taking what is what is taking up your mental and and heart energy anyway hmm. and making it into something that can benefit someone else whether that's as as a song that they relate to or something beautiful to look at or a company that helps people or a product that fixes a problem. 
That's my answer. That's awesome. <laughs> that's a great answer. I love it. And that's why I love entrepreneurship as well, like just starting businesses. And to me, I think it's one of the most creative things. It doesn't matter if it's like a coffee shop or like someone is writing a book or someone is mm -hmm. launching a roofing company, whatever it is. It's like there's so, mm -hmm. like you said, there's something inside them that now comes to fruition. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, I And I think that. that it's great because a lot of people, you know, might think, oh, well, and I've even thought this too. It's like, well, okay, I'm writing another love song. Millions of those. <laughs> Um, but it's like the, we all know from our own experience that, yeah, there are millions of songs or, or millions of books or whatever, but you find one that really resonates with you in that moment. Even if you've heard this concept a thousand times before, you can be like, oh, ding, this one is what made it work for me. This is what made it actually stick. Um, or this is the, the exact beautiful necklace that that has all the qualities that I wanted that makes me feel beautiful or whatever that you know even yeah. though there's thousands of other jewelry companies so yeah do whatever it is that's inside you because you're the only one who can do it like you you know boom another mic drop I love it <laughs> uh, let, let everyone know how they can connect with you uh, connect with your music and find out where you're at on tour Okay, so the best place to go is chrisangelis.com. It's K-R-I-S-A-N-G-E-L-I-S.com. That has all of my other socials. I'm on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, all that stuff, but you can find them all there. Um, it's also where you can join the mailing list so that you can get all the important information that you might miss from the algorithms. <laughs> um, I don't, <laughs> don't worry, I don't spam you, but I send you the important information. Um, and, uh, and you can find my, this is the, I don't know when this is airing. So this is going to drop, um, let's say the 16th. I, I wrote it down to you. Let's see here. Listeners, isn't this amazing that you get to hear me look up things on? <laughs> let's see. Um, and listeners, make sure you stay tuned because right after this podcast, we're going to have uh, Chris's song, The Siren Hope, playing. So check that out. Make sure you go. Um, follow her as well on Spotify. I'm finding this. Um, um, I also June, sent you June 30th. It, it will drop on June. Okay, 30th. June 30th. Cool, cool, cool. Because I also sent you the brand new song that's coming out. Um, well, June 17th, but it has already come out now. Because we're in the <laughs> we're, future. We're, we are in the future. In the future. Um, so the song that's coming out. That so I have an album coming out September 9th. It's called Damn Shame Waste which sounds like a really negative title maybe, but it's more about the idea of like, well, on sort of a little bit more of a petty level of heartbreak and people who, like relationships that didn't work and that's a damn shame waste, isn't it? That's too bad <laughs> that, that they didn't, you know, get to do that. But, but also- So you got an angsty record coming out. Not necessarily like. actually. Not, it's one of my no? most, oh, okay. at least for me, I mean, maybe it's a little angsty, but, but at least for me, I feel like it's my most empowering record um, nice. that I put out so far because it's, it's actually the lyric comes from a song um, that I wrote about my dad who has Alzheimer's and, and, um, and it's so important to just create moments of joy and mm. peace and, and love because that's he's just living in the present all the time and so right. i there's this lyric that says um you know that you love me and i want you to stay and worrying about anything else is just a damn shame waste because it's this idea of that's good i see you. you're like a great songwriter like your lyrics really i'm i'm not trying to gas you like up in that <laughs> sense like legitimately like listen to it. i'm like these lyrics are just and that's a great lyric 
Oh, thank you. So it is, I guess it can sound negative, but it's more about like this idea of reminding myself because this stuff that I've been talking about, about finding the joy and love within yourself is something that's not, I haven't been doing my whole life. It's, it's pretty new. Right. <laughs> like, and, um, and it's saying like, oh, what a, what a waste that all of that time that I spent worrying and, and being sorry for myself and being a victim. And, and it would be such a waste to, to, to keep doing that or to just not focus on, on love and happiness and service and, and all of those things. So, um, and, and feeling empowered. And so that's what this album is about. Um, and it's coming out September 19th. The first single came out, uh, in February, it's called run. Um, I also sent that to you in your email, by the way. And then right the, se- the single that, as well. thank you. This, the single that came out on June 17th is called win the game. And, um, okay. you can, you can pre-order the album now on my website and iTunes and wherever where, uh, and you can get that song right away. Right so. on. And I'll, I'll act here is her song. That's Siren Hope.
Here is her song Run off of her album Damn Shame Waste that you can pre-order. Just make sure you go to chrisangelis.com. The link is in the notes.
into the night. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.